You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, good morning. It's pretty decent to see you guys today at church. And how about before we get into the teaching today, how about we pray and ask God to help us? So if you want to, just put your hand out like this in, an, in a posture to receive from the Lord. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, and you may just want to pray something in your heart along with me. God, speak to me. My heart is open. My mind is open to receive from your word and your spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Well, uh, we, we oftentimes talk to people uh, here at the church and around the inner city uh, who eat because of the Lone Star card. We know about the Lone Star card. It's basically the welfare assistance program in the form of a card where uh, folks that are under-resourced and are struggling, uh, perhaps on the streets, can take it to a grocery store. They take their Lone Star card there and get some food or get some supplies. And uh, I think a lot of us would celebrate the good that the Lone Star card does for a lot of people. But as with anything that's good, there's always going to be those scammers that use it for bad, right? So some people on the streets, you know, those of us that spend time downtown know that there are always going to be those folks that get some Lone Star cards and they use them to barter and trade for drugs or other illegal substances or things like that. And that's why I was kind of interested in this article in the Chicago Tribune uh, about this guy whose name was Whale Gaucher. And what he did was he took like 3,000 of the Illinois version of the Lone Star card and he bought up a bunch of energy drinks and a bunch of candy. And then he sold it all and he made like almost a million dollars off of the welfare system in Illinois until he got caught. And then, of course, he got busted. But then there's this other lady from California I wanted to tell you about today. uh, And her name is Dorothy Woods. And she posed as several different poverty-stricken women to get government assistance and aid. In addition to that, she claimed to have like 38 different children who were non-existent. She even used falsified uh, birth certificates to do all this while she was living in a mansion driving a Rolls Royce um, off of the welfare system, something that's meant to be good uh, but was taken advantage of in a dysfunctional manner until she got arrested. Well, uh, we've been studying recently Uh, the Thessalonian letters that Paul wrote to a group of people in Asia Minor. And remember last week, we talked about how these people were going through persecution and there were all these like end of the world conspiracy theories that they were buying into. Well, because a lot of these folks believed that the world was about to end and that the second coming of Christ was imminent, they started saying to themselves, hey, we'll just stay home from work. We won't work and we'll just mooch off the government assistance program, or actually it was the church assistance program, the feeding program. Um, And what does Paul think about these folks that want to take advantage of the system and not work? Well, we'll see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. Look at it with me. It says, even while we were with you, we gave you this command, those unwilling to what? Work. Work will not get to eat. And so Paul's saying here, hey, man, even when times are tough, even when you're going through persecution, even when things are hard, you work through to get through what you're going through. And look, we know some folks that have slacker disease or whatever, and they want to keep mooching off the government or mooching off their parents or mooching off uh, whoever will help them out. But today we want to talk a little bit about work. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to submit this one idea to you today, and it's this. 
work through to get through whatever it is you're going through. And so those of you that are on my right, when I point you, I want you to say work through all the way up into the balcony up there. And then those of you that are in the middle, when I point to you, I want you to say get through. And then those of you here to my left, I'm going to point to you and say uh, going through. You ready to play along with me? Here we go. What we want to do when we're on hard times or whatever kind of times, we want to work through to what? You know, you're on the border here with me right now. Let's try it one more time here. We want to to what you're solid. Thank you. I feel a lot better. Um, I was going to have to recruit some people from the last service, but uh, Paul's going to show us these three things we can do in this text to work through, to get through uh, what we're going through. Because, uh, you know, I hear a lot of churches today talking about resting and Sabbath, as we should, right? Because some folks are workaholics and they don't know when to shut it off and all of that. But you know what I've noticed is, is that we need to balance this out a little bit. Because while uh, on the one hand, there are people that are workaholics, there are also some people who are slackaholics and they don't do anything and they're not enjoying their lives and their lives are being destroyed because of laziness and uh, an unwillingness to work through to get through what it is they're going through. And look, I, I understand that there are cer- certain circumstances where people uh, um, are on disability and have uh, physical problems that keep them from being able to work. But by and large, as a general rule, most people better get through what they're going through if they'll work through, right? Work in the midst of it. So look at the first thing that Paul shows us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. He says, shun the slackers. Shun the slackers. Look at uh, verses six, and we'll also look at verses 14 and 15. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. Look at verse 14. He says, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they'll be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother and sister. And so some of you are saying, hey, Pastor Doug, usually showing me these places in the Bible where God wants us to accept everyone. And certainly that is the case by and large. But here's a place where he says, hey, you got to shun those who uh, are lazy and who live idle lives. And, you know, one of the things that we say in recovery is that if you want to recover from dysfunctional behaviors or addictions, you got to be willing to leave your play things, your play places and your play pals. There are certain people that you can't be around if you want to avoid the addiction. I remember uh, when I was a new believer, there were friends I couldn't hang around with because I know that they were going to be tempting me uh, towards some drugs and things that I knew I needed to stay away from. And even as an adult, you know, uh, many years after I'd come to, to faith in Christ, there have been times where I had to do a friendship inventory. And what I've come to terms with is that I can't have people in my inner circle who are negative and lazy. People who are negative bum me out and they discourage me and they keep me from being the best version of me that I need to be to serve. And people who are lazy rub off on me um, and cause me to think in ways that don't help me to move forward in best serving um, our city and our world. And that's why I love Jim Gibson 
who runs Strong Foundation Ministries for Homeless Families. You can see him pictured on the screen. And one of the things that Jim always says, if I've heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a hundred times. He says, if you're coming into the ministry, if you're applying to go through our program, you're either working or you're looking for work. And if you don't have work, your full-time job is to look for a job. And he says, if you'll fill out so many applications per day and per week, you will get a job. And I've watched it work time and time and time and time again over a long uh, period of years where people, if they'll work his system and they'll fill out the number of applications for jobs uh, uh, each day, they always get a job. And because of that, there are people in our congregation today who went through Jim's program. They're, uh, uh, you know, contributing members of society. They own homes now and they're hardworking worshiping people here at City Church downtown because Jim understands that work helps us avoid temptations, addictions, and helps us uh, to become the best version of ourselves. Now, sometimes I feel tempted. You know what I mean? You ever feel tempted to do something you shouldn't do? And you know what I do sometimes when I feel tempted is I work more. Uh, I, I have a lot to do around the church. And so I do my work here, but when I'm off work and I'm at home, I know I'm supposed to take time off of work um, because there was a time where I had to go through a lot of counseling because I worked too much and all this kind of stuff. But when I'm at home, you know what I do to avoid temptation? I do work projects around my house. And so I, I own an old house. And if you want to get rid of an addiction in your life or a problem in your life, just buy an old house because, you know, the only thing that works in an old house is the owner. So you should just try that. It works. Uh, almost every time. Uh, but if you're a slacker, we want to warn you today to avoid laziness. It's destroying your life. And we're not warning you as an enemy. We're warning you as a brother or as a sister. That's why we got information on a coming job fair that Texas Workforce Commission made us aware of. And we have flyers for that job fair. They're right there on the table on the lobby on your way out. And so if you want to change jobs or if you don't have a job and you want a job, um, in response to today, grab one of those flyers on your way out and go to that job fair and learn about opportunities for you. But look at the second thing Paul tells us today. Make the choice to imitate the industrious. Imitate the industrious. Look at verses 7 through 10. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night, so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, uh, we gave you this command, and here it is again, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. And so you want to surround yourself with people who will rub off on you, who are both industrious and Positive, And uh, I like the quote from a guy named Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn is an entrepreneur, and he mentored many of the success gurus that a lot of people listen to today. And here's what he said. Catch this. You become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Let that soak in. And as it soaks in, think about the five people in your life that you spend the most time with. You become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. That is absolutely true. And for some of us, it's time to do an, a friendship inventory of the people that we're around and how 
their work ethic affects our work ethic. And uh, some years ago, there were some people that I kind of had to cool off the relationship and not be, you know, around them as much because they weren't industrious people. And I want to be an industrious, hardworking person. So I enjoy hanging around my friend and colleague, Jake Kreifels, that you guys see on stage. I mean, uh, he's busy. He and his wife, Natalie, are busy raising four children. How many of you know that uh, that takes a full-time person, you know, two people for sure, full-time. But in addition to that, I keep Jake very busy around the church here. He has a lot of work to do here, not just with the music, but also he helped us with this renovation job that we did. Uh, In addition to that, uh, he has recorded a really great album um, that you can see on screen, and that can be purchased online. But in addition to his church work, his album work, his family life, he manages several different real estate projects as well. This is a guy that is very industrious in the way that he lives his life. And I spend the most amount of time with my wife, Jeannie. And I needed to talk about how industrious she is. You know, when I met her, I was more of a slacker than I am right now. And uh, she is hopefully rubbing off on me over the years. But she is a very busy person. In fact, years ago, when I was ministering to students and teenagers, um, a lot of those teenagers would come to Jeannie, my wife, to talk to her about how they should get into college and how they could get through college and uh, how they could pick a roommate and study and do their laundry and a lot of practical things. So you know what she did? She wrote a book to help students uh, go to college and it's called The College Roadmap and it was a great book. And uh, she's very industrious here at the church. In fact, she manages our budget for our church and there's not a penny that gets spent here that she doesn't know where it goes, and she helps us to be freakishly frugal down here at the church. In addition to managing the budget, she runs our recovery ministries. She leads every event that happens here uh, at the church. And uh, one night, Jeannie and I were down here at the church, and we were talking to a guy that was here uh, uh, doing doing something here at the church, and he said, you know, Doug, uh, you know, you walk backstage after service. I don't know what you're doing, but your wife... Uh, she is running around here and she is not like one of those first lady pastor's wives, you know, that wears the frilly hat and the frilly dress, you know, and pretends like she's the president's wife or something like that. Uh, but your wife is getting her hands dirty, running around here dirty. And I want, uh, you know, run around here doing the dirty work. And I honor her for that. In fact, one day someone thought my wife was the custodian here. Uh, she worked so hard uh, around the church, but I thank God for her. I could go on and on about our staff members here at the church who work very hard here. All of them have volunteered and done ministry for free before they were ever brought onto a church staff, every single one of them. Um, And they work hard around here. I could go on and on about our church volunteers around here. You know, there are people that serve our children, our teenagers at City Youth, um, who usher around here, who work in our coffee shop and cafe, uh, ushers and greeters and people who help us park our cars out in 100-degree weather. And there are people that spend um, enough time here to equal a part-time job, and they do it for free because they're industrious people. And these are the kind of people that I want to be around. Some of my best friends are both positive and industrious people that work very hard. But look at number three. Chillin' leads to cheesemate, but work leads to well-being. And you're going to see that play out in the text. Take a look. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. He says, yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. That's what the text says, business. 
We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. And as for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. You know, people want to get in on the juicy cheesemake gossip, you know, when they don't have anything else to do. We've all seen those people, even at our jobs, that they don't do the stuff that they're supposed to be doing because they want to hang around the water cooler and get in on all the office gossip and uh, what's going on in other people's lives. And, you know, generally speaking, people gossip because they're not satisfied with their own lives and they have to figure out what's wrong with other people's lives and uh, talk about them. They're not satisfied with the things that are happening in their lives and they never experience rest and peace. I've noticed that the people I know that sleep the best oftentimes are the people that work the most. People that work hard experience rest and satisfaction in this life. Now, I understand that there are certain, uh, you know, chemical reasons why some people don't sleep. But by and large, people are able to sleep well when they've worked, worked hard. You know, the satisfaction you have when you've done a, a good job, when you've done something. It's like when you cut the grass, weed eat, clean up your yard or whatever. You sit there on the porch, you drink a cold um, iced tea whatever. And you're satisfied there because you've done something, you know, the only thing more satisfying is if you're sitting there drinking a cold tea when your teenager's doing the yard work, you know what I mean? (laughs) But it's like we get satisfaction when we've done a job and we've gotten something accomplished. And, you know, since we spend the majority of our lives at work, Paul wanted to speak into our work lives. Let Look at another passage, Colossians chapter three, verse 23. And here's what Paul says. He says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So find value in what you do at your job. Some of you think, well, I'm not doing God's work. I mean, I'm, I'm working as an accountant or I work in education or whatever. Um, no, your work as it leads to the flourishing of other people is the work of God. Find the worship in your work. See? So look, some of you, uh, you work in food service and you know, everybody's got to eat And they may as well eat good food in a clean environment with a good experience, see? So when you serve someone well in food service, that is worship as work. Some of you work in education and you're like, man, those kids are going to get on my last nerve. But see, we all know that when kids are well-educated, that it makes for a better society. And so we serve those kids and work as if unto the Lord and not unto man, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? And then some of you are in the military. You're protecting a country. That is good work. It's the work of God. And I know sometimes you get frustrated by the red tape of, you know, a government type of employment, but do that work as if unto the Lord and not unto man. Others work in tourism, which is our number one industry here in San Antonio. And you're helping people get refreshed so they can go back to their lives and be productive members of our society. Do that as if unto the Lord and not just to man. Some of you work in tech and you help people work more efficiently 
in their lives, it leads to the flourishing of other people. Do that as if unto the Lord and not unto men. Others work in construction. You're building homes that help families thrive. You are building buildings that people can work in or schools where people can be educated. And I know some construction workers in our church and contractors and others that do a quality job because they want to honor God with their work. They don't uh, cut corners or build things in a shoddy manner. And you know why? Because they understand that everything you do, do your, you do your work as if unto the Lord and not unto man. Our work is our worship. And you know, one of the greatest gifts that you can give another person is a good job. Those of you that are entrepreneurs and you've started your businesses and you've given other people employment, that is a great gift that you're giving to someone. That's why I love that book by uh, Jim Clifton called The Coming Job War. And in this book, he explains that the countries that are going to shape the future of our world and that are going to win in the future are not going to be the countries with the greatest military might. But the companies that are going to shape, uh, the, the countries rather, that are going to shape the future are going to be those that have cities, that have companies that give people a good job. And what the research shows that most people don't want a great job where they're rich. Most people don't want to be poor, but most people want to have a good job in which they don't have to think about money and they know that they're, they're provided for, that their needs are, are taken care of. And so the, the cities that can have businesses that create good jobs are going to win the future and create the future of our world. And so if you create a company that creates jobs, you're doing the work of God. You can see your work as worship. And I have friends in this church that have created jobs in construction for people, and they care for their employees that uh, just like they're their pastor to those employees. I know others who have created jobs in tech. One of my friends started a tech incubator in downtown San Antonio that's created hundreds of jobs and uh, many companies where jobs are getting created. That is the work of God. Others in the medical field, some in real estate, others in creative endeavors. This is all worship through work. Now, 10 years ago, we started going to Liberia, Africa, and we saw that a lot of the little kids after their civil war were just playing around in the dirt. They didn't have anything to do. And if they didn't have any skills and didn't get educated, they wouldn't be able to get good jobs and propel that country forward. So we started sponsoring kids in education. And recently I went on a trip to Liberia and they wanted to thank you guys because in case you didn't know it, you guys are helping to support the school in Liberia. But they wanted to thank you guys, so I wanted to show you a video of a little girl uh, thanking you guys for your help and support. Three, four, and all behalf of the future life at Academy Family, I welcome you to Liberia, especially on our campus. Kindly accept this bucket of flower as an appreciation for your kindness. May God continue to give you the strength to do your work. I thank you. Please take it. You are welcome. Thank you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah, thank you guys for that. And so I received your little flowers uh, on your behalf. But you know why that's important? 
that little girl is willing to work right now, as are all the children there in their classrooms. And when we went to the airport to leave Liberia on that trip, uh, we saw a familiar face at the airport who was working there. Her name is Miata, and you're going to see her pictured uh, on screen uh, on the far left there. And now she has a job that is very desirable in Liberia, and that is she works in customs and security at the airport, which also came in handy to get us through the customs uh, (laughs) process really fast. And Miata was one of our first students 10 years ago. She was in our first class of kids that uh, you guys helped to get educated, and now she has a good job. And isn't that what it's about, is to see people get good work, honest work that can make their lives thrive. And since our work is so important and since we spend the majority of our lives at work, we're devoting our entire prayer time today to our work. And here's the way this is going to play out. Some of us need to come, if you're comfortable to do so, come and kneel and pray for your work. And for some of you, you're just thanking God that you get to do a job that you love and that you're well provided for. Just come and kneel and pray and say, God, thank you that you provided me with good work. Others of you don't have a job and you're praying, God, I just, I know, I know I own it. I need to get up and get me a job. So God, I'm praying that you would help me to find the right job. And still others, you're in a job, but you hate your job and you're looking for something that really connects more with your passions and something that you have some skills at and that you're good at. And so I want you to come and kneel and pray and say, God, would you please lead me in the direction? I know I'm going to have to work hard, God, but lead me in the direction of your destiny for my life here on the earth to bring your kingdom here. And others of you are supervisors over other people at work. And perhaps you want to come and pray for the people that work for you and pray that God would give you the skills to make them thrive and to help lead the people that work for you. And some of you right now are getting a burden for the people that you work with. Maybe it's a burden because of your supervisor. You don't like your boss and you're going to come and pray, God, just kill him. Take him out of the way right now. You know I'm kidding. But others... You're getting a burden for the people that you work with. It's like, God, I love these people. And what I've come to understand from the Bible is that if these people don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're going to spend an eternity apart from you, God. And God, I don't consider myself to be like uh, a great theologian and I can't answer everybody's spiritual questions at work. I mean, I'm just trying to do my job. But God, I'm praying for the people that I work with because I want them to come to know you. And I'm going to pray for my company that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven at my job, even at cubicles or in warehouses or in offices and all kinds of workplaces on the job sites. 
God, bring your kingdom here on earth as is in heaven, in my workplace, and use me as an instrument. And look, God, I don't know if I'm like some big preacher or something like that, but God, I tell you this, I'm submitted to you, and I'm willing to have the conversation with people at work, and I'm willing to invite people to come to a church service so they can hear about you. And so let's stand up together now, and you come and kneel and pray. And as you guys come to kneel and pray, here's what I want you to know. Our prayer leaders are going to come and put a hand on your shoulder, uh, some of you. And if they get a word from God for you, they may speak that to you. So you come as you're comfortable and let's pray about our work. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for how you're answering prayers all around us. And Lord, we thank you for the value of work. And we want to be people who work hard. But one of the things, Lord, we acknowledge is that the most important thing in life, we can't work to earn. As much as we value work, we understand that we cannot earn a love relationship with you. But all of us are in spiritual welfare. We have to receive a love relationship with you, God, just as a gift that you offer to us. But it wasn't free. You had to pay for it when Jesus died on the cross. And Lord, as we're in a moment of prayer, I can't help but think that you brought someone here today to begin a love relationship with you. If that's you, I want you to just talk to God right now and say, something like this in your own heart and mind. God, I I know I've sinned and made mistakes. But God, right now, the best I understand it, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to do the work to pay the penalty for my sin. And I receive that today as a free gift. God, many others are praying about jobs and praying about destiny. And Lord, I look forward to the future in faith, knowing that I'm going to be talking to people who have their dream job and are working hard in a career that you designed them for because of something that happened today when someone knelt down before the God of the universe that controls all jobs, all supervisors, all economies, and you are going to start destinies today as people have humbled themselves before you, and you're a good father that wants to give good gifts to your children. And we receive that today by faith. And others who just want to get a job, I pray you get them good jobs. And I pray your blessing upon others who are supervisors and who are starting companies. I pray you bless their businesses and bless their leadership today. That they would lead their companies and their employees to thrive. And I also pray, Lord, that by your spirit, you'd give prophetic visions and pictures in people's minds of products and goods and services and companies that they're to start in order to bring your kingdom on earth through good jobs for people and the flourishing of the people that you love so much. We thank you for all the things you're doing in response to our simple and humble prayers that are offered in faith today. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, 
Amen. Well, you guys. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.